0: Hello, and welcome back to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. Today's episode is all about how to not feel guilty about your wedding choices. I noticed throughout wedding planning, that there was a lot of guilt wrapped up in uh, the decisions that you have to make. And there's a lot of expectations that are set upon you, either by like society, you know, what other people are doing, social media or your family, and sometimes even your own expectations, things you thought were gonna happen in wedding planning or were supposed to happen that just didn't come true. And unfortunately, there's a lot of um, guilt and shame really tied up in those decisions. And you're kind of made to feel bad and like you don't measure up. And um, that sucks. (laughs) I think uh, it's all kind of crap. So on today's episode, I'm going through what do I have Four, five, five, five sort of big wedding choices that people make that um, sometimes don't live up to expectations set upon them that they are often made to feel bad about, and uh, why you should push through with that choice anyways, and kind of leave the guilt behind. So starting with number one, uh, the first sort of big wedding choice you can make Um, here, well, he can make a ton of choices, but the first one I'm talking about is eloping or having a smaller wedding. So this one is near and dear to my heart. If you've listened to my past episodes, you might know my husband and I got married. We had 21 people in attendance. So a pretty small wedding, not technically an elopement, I would say, but but pretty small. And of course, there was a lot of pressure on us to have a big wedding. People assumed that that's just what you do, right? When you get married you have a big party with tons of people and we um, are both from pretty big families uh just a lot of like extended family i'm from a blended family so i've got lots of different (laughs) family members to uh to choose from and i think the assumption was always when we got married we would have a big wedding and i know once we got engaged and sort of in the year or so leading up to our wedding, you know, people would would talk about it. But uh, thanks to the pandemic, there's there's not a lot of things we can thank the pandemic for, but this is one of them. We were able to have a smaller wedding and uh, not feel as much guilt about it as we might have at another time in our lives. Um, but it sucks. It kind of sucks that we had to have <laughs> had to have a global pandemic in order for people to understand that we just want to have a small wedding because that's what we want. So that's who we are. Um, even if this was, you know, pre-pandemic times, we still would have opted to have a small wedding. In fact, I think I wrote a blog post, like, four, three or four years ago, um, pre, pre pandemic times saying I want to elope and here's why. And I wrote out this whole thing talking about, you know, why an elopement is right for me. And really it came down to, um, we wanted to have a really small celebration with, you know, the people we love the most, not to say that there's, you know, everyone else we hate or that, you know, we had just our, our only loved ones in the room. Of course not. I love lots of people who were not able to be there, but these really were the people, um, we had spent the most time with, who are really formative in our lives, you know, our best friends, our parents, our siblings, our godparents, Um, things like that. My husband, his dad passed away, so we had a few people to sort of represent his dad there that was really special. We got to talk to everyone, which is not something you get to do at most weddings, but we actually got to have, like, full conversations with every single one of our guests. Um, It was nice to not be the center of attention in a really big group. My uh, husband and I are both very introverted. We don't enjoy um, big groups. Even, I talked about this before, but just the wedding day itself was really exhausting for me, and I can't imagine what it would have been like with a hundred more people. People. And um, one of the most important things is we got to do it all on a budget. Having a small group meant um, we got to have our wedding at a home venue. So we saved a ton of money not renting out a venue. We saved lots of money on food, on invites, on decor, everything. Everything is so much cheaper when you have a smaller guest list. So for us, that small wedding really did make a lot of sense. And even though we had the pandemic as sort of our excuse, um, it, still, it still sucks. You know, we ran into some people around Christmas time. And, you know, it sucked to sort of have that thing of like, hey, it's so great to see you. And, you know, they are congratulating you and they're happy for your wedding. But it it sort of feels weird that, you know, they weren't there. Um, But at the end of the day, it's just remembering that these people in our lives, our friends and family who couldn't be there, they do love us, they do support us, they want the best for us. And I think that they would understand that, hey, you know, if we invited you, that means we also have to invite so and so and so and so and so and so and -and And all of a sudden, it balloons, and it's 300 people. So hopefully they understand. And uh, hopefully that's something that you can sort of explain to your loved ones as well, if you are wanting to have a smaller wedding, or something you can just keep in the back of your mind. I don't think you actually need to like call up all your aunts and uncles and explain to them why they're not getting invited and that they still need to love and support you. Hopefully it's just something that you can reassure yourself with and not feel guilty because honestly it's a huge commitment to have a big wedding. It totally changes the atmosphere and it totally changes the budget. So stay strong and try not to feel guilty about your elopement or smaller guest list if that is what you and your partner want to do.
1: to find out if it's right for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to 2 dollars a manicure, which Yeah.
0: The second wedding choice that you do not need to feel guilty about is postponing. This is another thing that has really become the new norm now in COVID. And again, you kind of have permission, thanks to the pandemic, to postpone. No one's going to bat an eyelid if you took your 2020 wedding, pushed it to 2021, and then pushed it again to 2022. Heck, if you are listening to this in real time, or at the time of recording, rather, uh, Omicron is really... (laughs) raging across the world. And it totally makes sense if you are postponing again to 2023 or even I've heard some 2024 weddings uh, start to be planned. So nobody is going to bat an eyelid at it. But, um, you know, that being said, I think there are still some people who, I guess there are people who are batting eyelids, Um, even though you do have the best excuse in the book with the pandemic, there are people who are going to say like, oh, like it's been, you know, it's been so long, why aren't they getting married? Or why do they keep postponing it? COVID's no big deal. And of course, you know, if, if you are postponing it because of COVID, please don't let other people make a decision for you that you're not comfortable with. Your comfort, your health, your safety, even just the mental anguish of planning a wedding during a pandemic, it's not fun. (laughs) Um, So you really need to sit down with your partner and do what feels right for the two of you. Don't let anyone guilt you or pressure you into hosting a wedding that you're not comfortable hosting. Um, I would have been horrified hosting a you know, 200 person wedding at the time when we got married. And that was, relatively speaking, a safe time. (laughs) Um, I think we would have been allowed to have that many people, at least outdoors. And it just really was not something I was comfortable with. So if you do need to postpone your wedding because of COVID and safety issues like that, 100% um, do that, be comfortable, keep your own health and safety and your guests' health and safety top of mind. Um, You may choose to also, you know, downsize and have a little mini elopement, and then maybe have a party later on, which I think is such a great idea I think I did an episode. I can't remember. It's been almost 100 episodes. (laughs) I think I did an episode on the idea of eloping now and having a big party later, which I think is really great, especially if you do want to just have that, you know, legal um, commitment, that ceremony, that moment together to sort of, you know, become spouses. And then you can save the big party to a time when we can safely party, which a lot of us thought would be 2021 and a lot of us thought would be 2022. So who knows? But one day, one day, hopefully, we'll be able to do that. Uh, I do also want to say that uh, you don't have to have something like a pandemic to uh, excuse your postponement. Um, I I phrased that poorly, but basically you don't have to have a life-changing reason to uh to make a choice in, in all your wedding planning, but especially in postponing, there doesn't have to be a pandemic happening. Um, it could just be a situation where, you know, perhaps you and your partner are not on the same page about your wedding planning. You want one thing, your partner wants something else, and you just realize you need some more time. Perhaps it's a budget issue. You want some more time to save up money. Perhaps there's some family problems. You know, if somebody in your family has passed away, it may feel too soon to have a wedding. Um, you know, worst of all, perhaps you're just not feeling great about the idea of getting married and in any of those cases please postpone <laughs> whether it's good news you know maybe you got a promotion or you know you have to go take a, a job on the other side of the country or something like that or if it's or if it's bad news 100% it is your choice you can push your wedding day and know that the people who love you and support you are going to be there and they're going to celebrate you anytime, whether you're getting married tomorrow, or 10 years from now, people are going to be so excited to be at your wedding and supporting you. So it is completely fine to postpone for whatever reason feels right for you. You don't have to have a giant global pandemic as the reason. Um, And you're also allowed to just want, want what you want. I think that's a big thing in wedding planning. It's okay to want something that the you know big wedding t- doesn't uh, doesn't tell you you should have um maybe you just have a date in your mind that you're really stuck on like hey august 24th 2024 who knows that's probably a tuesday um maybe that's just a date you're really excited about and you decide to set your wedding for that date even if it feels far away or too soon or whatever it is that's totally fine you don't need anyone's permission to grab onto a date and hold on to it <laughs> The third big wedding choice I don't want you to feel guilty about is spending money. So whether you're spending too much money or you're not spending enough money, and all of those are in big quotes because what is too much money and what is not enough money? Totally different for each person. So there's this huge expectation that for weddings, you are going to spend a wild amount of money, you know. I think the average is like, what, 25 dollars $30,000 for a one day event, which is just like, poof, totally, totally blows the mind. But you can see how it happens, right? Things do add up. If you are in the thick of wedding planning, you 100% understand how people get to $30,000. And of course, there's people who are spending way more than that, $50,000, $100,000 gosh, I'm sure people are spending, you know, well into the six, seven figures on weddings. And then there are people who are spending way less. I did a whole episode on my actual wedding budget where I broke down how much we thought we were gonna spend, how much we ended up spending, where we spent it. So you can head back and listen to that episode if you wanna know the numbers that we had for our wedding, real numbers, real life. I think that's a really helpful episode. Um, but there is this expectation that you're gonna drop, you know, five figures minimum on your wedding, that you are going to either have uh, huge donations from your family to help you do that, or that you're gonna go into debt and that you're gonna host this huge party for all your loved ones and it's kind of funny to me that (laughs) there's this expectation that people feel like they um deserve or they expect to be treated to a big fancy event they expect you know beautiful decor they want to eat at a table with a centerpiece and it's just kind of funny that it's the same you know friends that when you go out to a bar you split the tab and you know, everyone just pays for their own drink and oh, I didn't have any of the chips, so I don't wanna pay for the chips. And oh, I split a pizza, but you know, I didn't eat any of the uh, extra pepperoni, so I don't wanna pay for that. And you're, you know, nickel and diming each other, Venmoing, e-transferring to cover, you know, $15 uh, bar tabs. But then the next day they could come to your wedding and expect a $250 meal. It's just kind of wild, the mental gymnastics we do. And you know, I do it too when I, get an invite to a wedding, I expect, you know, certain things to happen. And it's just funny that society has sort of told us that this is what weddings are supposed to be. They're supposed to be fancy and expensive. And we, expect the couple to have put in a lot of time and money into their big day and i know a part of that is about the gift a lot of you are probably saying yeah i expect them to spend three hundred dollars per person because i'm going to give them a three hundred dollar gift i'm covering my plate that's a really big theory in gift giving again i think i did some episodes about gifts if uh, you've got thoughts about that what you should be giving how much you should be expecting as the couple um But of course, I think in the perfect world, gifts are separate from the experience. You should give however much you want to give, whether it's money or gifts or whatever, because you love and support these people and not because they're treating you to a fancy meal. But of course, that's not always how that goes. Mm -hmm. However, at the end of the day, you are the ones who have to live your life with the budget that you set. So depending on how much you spend on your wedding, that's going to have some major consequences on your life. For example, if my partner and I had dropped $30,000 or $50,000 or $100,000, Jesus, <laughs> on our wedding day, we would be in extreme debt right now. We would not have been able to move into our new apartment. we um, I probably would not be able to still continue doing my freelance work. I probably would have had to go get a job. My partner maybe had would have had to pick up extra work. Um, we'd just be in serious, serious debt that we would need to pay back. Or if you know, if we didn't change our lifestyle, we'd probably be paying this debt off for the next twenty years. And I don't know about you, but I do not want to be paying off twenty years worth of debt for my wedding day. That's just absolutely not something I want to do. So before you make a decision, you know, treating your loved ones to um, I don't know, a vegetarian pasta versus a surf and turf meal before you rent the extra large ballroom versus using the free space at your local community center. Before you make any of those decisions, think about the consequence that's going to have on your life. What does that mean for you? Does that delay some of your goals? Are you not going to be able to, you know, buy a house or start a business or go back to school or start a family because of your wedding day? And for some people, that's going to be worth it. You're going to say, "You know what? That's totally fine. We are happy to delay our house purchase for another couple years um you know i'm gonna keep driving this old car i'm actually about to you know i'm getting a promotion at work whatever it is we've set this money aside our parents want to give us money we won the lottery (laughs) whatever your reason is if you do want to splurge 100% go for it. Like if you have a number in mind that you're comfortable spending, please don't let this, I mean, the whole point of this episode is to not feel guilty about your wedding choices, right? So don't let me shame you out of how much you want to spend. But do not spend that money because other people expect you to. Don't make choices for your wedding based on what other people expect you to do, what society is telling you to do. Make the choices that are going to work for you, especially when it comes to your budget, because those are going to have some big, big consequences for your life. If you are choosing to have a more budget friendly wedding, and you're nervous that your guests are not going to like it, that they're going to be disappointed, or you know, they're going to show up with a check for $300. And they're going to see that you're serving like hot dogs on the grill. And they're going to be so upset that they're giving you a lot of money. First of all, those probably aren't very nice people. (laughs) I would hope that no one would show up to a wedding and be like, wow, what a cheap, you know, what a cheap wedding. I wish I hadn't given them such a nice gift, um, but it happens, right? Those are <laughs> unfortunately some of the snarky things people might be thinking, um, but you can definitely set the tones. So this is something that my uh, husband and I did because we were getting married in an in-home venue. Um, I thought, you know, it's very, and even, you know, guests came up and told us this was actually, you know, super elegant and really fun and really intimate and I think exceeded expectations. So we might have actually set the bar too low for people because we did tell people, um, in our invitations, in our emails that we sent, um, we didn't have a wedding website, but you could also do it there. And even by word of mouth, letting people know, you know, this is an at home wedding. This is, um, you know, here's the address. We are so excited to host you for an intimate um you know casual wedding in a home where everyone can be comfortable even telling people you know the dress code I think we said something like you know please dress up a little bit so we don't feel awkward being the only two in you know a dress and a suit but also be comfortable you know you're in a home so just no sweatpants but you know (laughs) we want to make sure that you're not uncomfortable and I think people really got it and it was uh, good for us to be able to set that tone ahead of time, so that no one showed up on the day and was like, whoa, this isn't, you know, the big fancy ballroom wedding I was expecting. What are we doing? Why are we in a condo? (laughs) Um, So you can definitely do that. You can uh, use wording on your invite or on your website, or even just word of mouth, just spreading it through, you know, aunts and cousins and friends and letting people know, hey, you know, we're getting married at a barn. This is the vibe. I think that is absolutely, totally fine. Okay, moving on to wedding choice number four. So this is about not inviting certain people. So as soon as I said that, there may have been a few people that popped to mind, um, people that you are not inviting for your wedding and you're feeling some sort of way about it, possibly feeling guilty for not inviting them, feeling like you should, feeling pressure from other people, usually family, um, to invite them. But I will say right off the bat, the guest list is always going to be tough. Whether you have 10 people, 100 people, even 1,000 people, it's always going to be tough to make a guest list. Um, my one of my very first episodes, I think episode two, was called How to Brutally Cut Your Wedding Guest List. So if you are looking for ways to decide who gets to come, if you really need to downsize to save some money or to fit into your dream venue, head back and listen to that episode. The main ethos behind putting together your guest list is that you really need to make decisions together. So you and your partner need to be on the same page, need to both agree. Um, Whatever rules you set, maybe it's something like, hey, only first cousins or only people we've talked to in the last year, whatever it is, make sure you're on the same page about it. Make sure you're both really comfortable with your decisions and then be very firm with those decisions. They are not up to debate. Make sure that you're not um, gossiping about them. You know, you don't want to go to uh, your Auntie June and say, hey, guess what? Like, you know, you're invited, but Auntie Cleo's not or whatever it is. Um, Honestly, don't even share the news. I wouldn't tell anybody uh, who doesn't need to know about the guest list. I don't think you need to make it public or anything like that. If people get an invite, they're invited. If they don't, they're not. Um, And for me, it would be really important that everyone at my wedding is someone I'm really happy to see. Um, I shared in our wedding day recap episode, that one thing my partner and I did is as each person entered our ceremony space, we kind of beckoned them to the front and gave them a big hug before we got started. And, um, it was just one of the coolest things we did that day. And it was very spontaneous and it filled us with just so much warmth and love ahead of our ceremony. So highly recommend that. But the reason we were able to do that was of course the smaller guest list. We only had to hug 21 people. (laughs) Um, and it was the people we were most um excited to see the people we were most you know happy and loving and the people who supported us the most and just you know our closest closest humans if we had had 100 people of course that it would have taken an hour to hug everyone but then there also would have been some awkward hugs of like oh i haven't seen you before or like you know i haven't seen you in five years we've never hugged before sure i'll hug you right before i say my vows to my husband um but it totally did not feel like that for us because it was such an intimate guest list and really the most most special people for us i will say of course you know this Um, includes not inviting people who are going to be really toxic, people who are not in your life for reasons um, that you don't need to justify to anyone else. Please do not compromise your comfort, your safety, your mental health, your physical health, inviting a guest um, who's just, you know, not going to be there for the right reasons on the day. (laughs) That sounds very uh, bachelor talk, but you know what I mean? Um, If you have someone in your life like this, someone who you're just going to be worrying about all day long, even if they're family, even if it's someone, you know, you know, let's say you're a bride and everyone expects your dad to walk you down the aisle. If you don't have that relationship with your dad, that is totally fine. You don't need to invite them or you don't need to invite them into that role. That is totally fine. Again, your comfort, your mental health, your safety, all of that is way, way more important than just doing what society expects you to do. All right, I'm on a roll. I'm going to finish it out. So the choice number five that you should absolutely not feel guilty about is the timing. So in general, people expect a couple to get engaged after you know a few years of dating. It probably varies depending on when you get together. Um, they expect people to be engaged for a certain amount of time, about a year or two. They expect a wedding. Um, they expect people to get married at a certain time of their life, I probably could have done some research to put some real numbers on this. But I think on average, people are getting married around age 28. um, And I believe the average engagement is 18 months. And I think couples are together for like two and a half or three years or something like that before the engagement. So there are these average numbers. And generally speaking, that's what people expect. And if you are outside of any of these numbers, you probably already heard it from friends from family from just society, you you hear of couples who are together longer than like five or six years without getting engaged. There is a lot of like, oh, when, when are they going to pop the question? Come on, when are you getting married? And then couples who have been engaged, but aren't married yet, like, okay, come on, set the date. When are you getting married? Uh, as soon as you get married, people start asking when you're popping out kids. If you know you're pushing thirty and you don't have any prospects, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> but I'm sure you've heard it a lot. You know, when are you going to find someone? When are you going to settle down? There is a lot of pressure and expectation when it comes to timing, and it seems like it's really hard to get it right. Um, I don't know anyone who's gotten engaged or you know gotten married, and everyone's been like, "Wow, that was the perfect amount of timing. You had the, you got married at the perfect time. You had the perfect length engagement, the perfect length, uh, you know, dating life. Usually there's pressure either ways, either you waited too long, you didn't wait long enough, whatever it is. But honestly, there is no timeline, there's no expiration date, you know, marriage is not going to expire. Even, you know, if you want to start a family, there are some wonderful scientific (laughs) ways or, you know, fostering, adopting, whatever it is, that is something you can still do, even if you are not biologically able to have a child. And of course, you don't have to be married to have a child. Um, But there's also no need to rush. So there's, you know, if you are 20 and listening to this, there's no need to rush, but there's, you know, maybe no reason to wait. It's really such an individual choice. And there's always going to be someone telling you that you waited too long, or you didn't wait long enough. So there truly is no winning. Um, I will say if you're 20 listening to this, though, like, like, maybe take a second. (laughs) Just you're so young, Um, you know, just just take a beat, make sure you're really uh, feeling this decision. But again, sorry, I don't mean to shame you or guilt you for any of your decisions. So Do what is right for you and your partner. Make sure the two of you are on the same page. That's something I say all the time, and you're both really excited about this next step. If you need to take some more time, that is absolutely no problem. If you don't feel like you're with the right person, that is no problem. If you want to do things out of order, you know, the traditional order, totally fine. Maybe... Um, starting a family is a bigger priority to you right now than having a wedding. Maybe it's buying a house. Maybe it's advancing in your career, going back to school, whatever it is, going on a huge epic vacation or holiday or trip. Um, any of those things might take priority for you over a wedding. And that is totally, totally fine. Um, at the end of the day, it's your life, right? You have to be happy Living it. So please do not rush into something or wait to do something because your mom is bugging you or you saw something on Instagram that said this or all of your friends are doing that because there is seriously so much pressure and guilt and shaming and judgment from family from friends from society from social media when it comes to the timing of your life everyone feels like they are falling behind or they've rushed or something like that and truly at the end of the day it's your life and you have to be happy with it that's the only thing that matters so make sure the timing works for you All right, those are the five wedding choices I don't want you to feel guilty about anymore. To recap, again, those choices were eloping or having a smaller wedding, postponing or sticking to the date, spending money or not spending money, not inviting certain people, and the timing of everything. So I hope that was helpful. I hope you're able to leave some of your wedding guilt behind and feel really confident about your wedding decisions. And as always, happy wedding planning. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review. Follow along so you don't miss the next episode and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with quins.